Hello, and welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast. This is a place of vulnerability and acceptance where we discuss ways that you can learn to be empowered and to know that your worth is something that is always with you and not something that you have to earn. I'm your host, Kara Murray. Let's get started. Training our minds to help us instead of hurt us is essential. Learning to change your negative self-talk into something positive that will serve you is something that you have to learn. My friend Ember and I have created a free 10-day course that will help you learn to change your thoughts and in turn, change your life. You can sign up for our free 10-day I Am Enough challenge at todayiamenough.com slash workbook. Hello and welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast. I am so excited for today. I have Brianna Johnson Hurst from the Life Beats Project podcast. If you have not listened to Brianna's podcast, you should pause this and go subscribe and then come back <laughs> or just wait until the end. Um, Brianna is amazing. We've been friends for several years. We met uh, several years ago in person and have just kept in touch. And I am so grateful to finally have you on here. So I'm going to Brianna introduce herself. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me today. <laughs> it has, it has been a really long time and you have really seen me on my journey. So you can really appreciate um, just the the nuances of everything that is going on. And I'm so grateful for you. It's been so interesting how there's just been times in our friendship where you've just like popped in at just the right time. I remember a really hard day for me. We were at an event speaking together and you just came and sat with me at the table while I cried. And I just so appreciated um, your friendship. So thank mm. you so much, Kara, for that. Like, <laughs> it's a day I won't ever forget. It was, it was a sacred moment, and I was definitely led to find you that morning. Thank so. you. I really appreciate it. Well, for all of you listeners, I'm so excited to be here tonight to be able to share just a piece of my story. Um, I love Kara's message that I am enough. I purchased one of her necklaces that says enough through it. And I wear that and I love it. I think it's just an important, important message for us. And so, like she said, I'm the host of the podcast, The Life Beats Project, and it's crazy. I am like old. I've been doing it for five years, (laughs) Um, but I love it. It's such an incredible medium and has provided me such an opportunity to be able to get to know people on such a unique level and to be able to connect And so I started my podcast um, at a point in my life where I needed to start taking over as the provider in my family. Um, My husband at the time was really sick with a very advanced case of multiple sclerosis. Um, We had four kids at the time. I was pregnant with my fifth. And I jumped into podcasting uh, because I loved stories and I loved people. And I had been blogging since 2006. Yes, I have a blog spot. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had um, a group of people that followed me over from Blogspot to Instagram, then over to podcasting. And I uh, just love the ability to, for us to be vulnerable and sharing our stories and the bond that's created when we share. And so um, at the time, my husband was very supportive in wanting me to start this. 
And I was so grateful for him for that. And so I dove in, I had never even listened to a podcast before I had wanted to start one. I ended up going to a class and podcasting at a conference called Altitude Summit and learned from some of these great podcasters at the time. And then I just kind of went from there. And so it's been amazing the changes that have happened in my life since then. (laughs) And so I'd love to share a little bit of my story with you today and, and also invite you to come over to my podcast and, and listen, I'm on, oh my goodness, I think this week I'm at like episode 280 something. So there's, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff to listen to a lot of changes. And so it's been such a blessing for me, most, mostly for me to be able to document my life and be able to share the things that I'm learning in the trenches as are happening. So yeah. Yeah. And which she does. (laughs) Brianna has some really incredible podcasts and she is she's really brave. Like she shared so much of her story on her podcast and, um, it's, it's beautiful. Like it's hard and it's raw and it's real and it's beautiful. And even your healing journey. Mm. And so I love it. So yes, go, go over to Brianna's podcast and (laughs) check it out. It is wonderful. So I'm excited for you to share part of your story with us today. So why don't you you so much get started? (laughs) <laughs> All right. So what, uh, so when just talking about a little bit about my story, um, I'll kind of start a little bit. I just kind of alluded to some things before and then Carrie, you asked me questions as we go along and I'd love to share. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, at the time I was starting my podcast, it was a part of my life where I was feeling really lost about my identity. Um, I had, um, I had grown up to having this desire to be a mom, but also having this oh, strong pull towards always having some sort of hobby project or hobby business or something. And I just, I, the term stay at home mom just never really applied to me because I wasn't really at home. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I didn't have a full-time job, I was with my kids and we were at the park, you know, we did things together. We went out about, we had activities. We really had a really good time together. And, um, I, about 10 years into my marriage, um, my husband was, um, came down with this, this really strange thing. Like he couldn't swallow. We didn't know what was going on at all. And he kept going from doctor to doctor and they were unable to tell him what was going on. And finally, one doctor was just like, we are going to figure this out. And I was so grateful for him just diving in. And they eventually found that he had um, this very aggressive case of multiple sclerosis in our life just really turned upside down. And I'll never forget those moments where you hear about it, right? When you say people see their life flash before their eyes or their life feels like they're slipping away through their hands. And I had one of those moments. Um, At the time I was pregnant, I had just had a miscarriage previous really early before. And so I was dealing with some really devastating news. And I remember I had to go to the grocery store for something for my kids. And I remember after having this news about, you know, my husband's health, um, 
and my dad had been diagnosed with cancer. There was just like all this stuff going on. And I remember just sobbing and I couldn't even see to drive. So I pulled over and I just remember being so grateful that I was pregnant because I had to pull myself together and be like, okay, I'm not going to allow my body to be in this trauma state. I want to make sure my, my baby is okay. And that helped me to kind of pull things together and to be able to try and, and really address my emotions, but in a way that I felt like I could process it. And I was so grateful for that at the time. And our life was a roller coaster from there on out. Um, the, the reason I felt like my identity started shifting was because I could see that I was going to have to become the provider. And I, I didn't really want to be, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be the provider. It's a, a hard shift to make, it like, is. especially if in your mind, you love what you get to do. Yeah, it's a huge shift. It is a huge shift. And it was so interesting. Also, like now that I've studied kind of the masculine and feminine energies, which, you know, it's not necessarily according to gender, like you, each person can have masculine and feminine energies. Mm -hmm. And so now as I can see, what happened in our marriage at the time was the shifting, right? Like, these roles that we had developed for a decade, now we're needing to change. And it really was challenging in a relationship to figure out how to navigate those. And um, it was very challenging. And it was very hard for me to watch the physical change, the emotional, the mental changes that would happen, happen over the next, you know, 10 years. And um, I still have my, my blog spot up. It's called journeywithjohnsons.blogspot.com. And I began documenting the things that were happening in our lives. Um, you know, just crazy things that you don't think would really happen to you. Like, um, you know, not thinking about leaving your house to go out, you know, and realizing that you left your, your, um, you know, disabled husband at home, unable to carry the, your baby upstairs to put them a bed. Like, I just didn't even think about it. Just things you didn't think about and stories of him like crawling up with the baby to try and put the baby to bed, you know, thinking, not thinking about going to a soccer game and realizing like he can't be in the sun, um, you know, not being able to play soccer with your kids, just like small adjustments that became huge life shifts for us. And then eventually coming to a place where he started seeing and imagining things, confusing reality with, um, with, you know, fantasy and things like that, like mm. imagining, you know, things happening in our home or thinking he had a job where he didn't have a job and just like a lot of different things, forgetting who we were, forgetting people in his life, just a lot of, wow. a lot of things that happened over this period of time. And so it just was, it was very challenging to watch that and to try and figure out what my role was, how to fulfill that, um, and then watch that impacting my children. It was just a lot to go through mm -hmm. um, over that period of time. And so 
when we, we lived in California, kind of when all of this was going on, and then we moved to Utah in hopes that we could get some help um, um, from his family, which we did. And so there was another transition, leaving my family behind, moving up to Utah away from, from them and just realizing like our whole lives were going to be different. How old were your kids at the time? So when my moved? 10, <laughs> seven, um, and then five. And then our little one, she was just two. And then, you know, things just started happening really quickly and, it just was really interesting when you identify yourself in one role for so long um, and then things happen, you know, it's, it's a big change. And I remember when I, I had to start putting together um, resumes, right? Like mm, yeah. here I, had been, I had had businesses <laughs> that I had done, you know, I had hobby businesses and things, but I hadn't been in the workforce since I um, had my first baby. Mm-hmm. And so trying to put a resume together was overwhelming. And also, you know, I'm just like, what am I going to do right now? <laughs> yeah. it's switching to me. I have this family of, you know, six people that I have to try and provide. What am I going to do? And so I'm so grateful. There was um, my sister-in-law's mother was a single mom and she kind of took me under her wing and just really helped me to see reality. You know, when you're, when you're in your life and you become used to something and then all of a sudden it's stripped away from you, there's a lot of, for me, there was a lot of pride that was there. It was like, why, why would this happen to me? Like, you know, I have this desire to be able to raise my kids the way I want to raise them. And I, I don't want to have to do this. There was a lot of, it was almost like a a little child in some way, kind of like, you know, kicking, you know, kicking Mm -hmm. the dirt. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to do it. And so it was, it was a really humbling experience for me to realize that who am I to think that I am an exception to life. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I to think that I shouldn't have to go to work to provide for my family, or I shouldn't have to leave my kids behind or have to find someone else to take care of them. Like it was just really interesting how much humbling I needed to do. There was a lot of pride that was there really feeling sorry for myself. And it was definitely a challenging situation, but it was really eye-opening for me to be able to see that, you know, there was a lot of growing that needed to happen for me. Mm -hmm. And, and it was a really challenging time for me. So, yeah. So that's kind of where it was like before the podcast started. Yeah. That's that's a lot going on, (laughs) right? It's a lot. And I think also with your shift and what you were spending your time doing, like being with the kids versus going to work, it wasn't like you were choosing it. Right. And plenty of people choose that. And that's what they, they want to do is they want to work full time. And that's awesome. Yeah. But it's totally different when it's forced upon you and you don't get that choice. It's literally what you had to do to help your kids survive. Yeah. And I think, and so I think that's, you know, like something to remember is in our own lives, like sometimes we're forced to do things we don't want to, we don't want to do. And it's not always going, you know, it's not always your situation, but 
Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that um, I've had to learn. And I'm sure everybody does, right. Is that our life looks very different than we had imagined it to be. Mm -hmm. And you know, there, there are so many things we think our life is going to go one way. We have this painting in front of us that we think it's going to look and turn out a certain way. And it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And when our, when that shift happens, it's a huge opportunity for us to decide how we're, how we're going to react at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, how are we going to respond? How are we going to move forward? And, it was very important for me to learn how to move forward and still keep my positivity um, because there was a lot of resentment that came up just in general and moving forward, you know, into my story, um, things became, you know, challenging, very challenging. And here I was, I ended up going back to work and then, um, I was at a very rigid job. And so I was away from my husband and my kids. My husband fell a few times. I couldn't do anything about it. I had to remain at my job. I couldn't, I couldn't go home. It was really hard and traumatic when the people that you love the most are suffering and hurting and you have to, you have to do what you have to do. Right. And, um, it was really hard for me at that time to just realize like, this is, this, this is how I can give, right. This is how I can do it this way. And it looks very different than my, how it did before. And there's a lot of, um, challenges to that. And so I ended up switching to another job and one that gave me more flexibility, which I was grateful for. And, a few months after I ended up starting that job, I ended up finding out that I was pregnant. So imagine like you're starting a new job and then you have to tell your boss like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to be having a baby. And um, so that was, that was a very interesting experience as well. Going back to the pride that I had, I remember being so angry when I found out that I was pregnant and that's not ever how you want to be able to feel when you're finding out that you're having a beautiful child. But I was very upset at God that he would bring a child into my life that I couldn't raise the way that I wanted to raise, that I would have to have someone else raise my baby um, that I would have to, you know, not be able to have the time that I wanted with our child and also just scared to death, right? Like I already have four kids and a sick husband. And then how in the world am I going to do this? What is that yeah. going to look like for me? And so, but, you know, again, there was a lot of pride there and a lot of being very fearful and what things were going to look like for me. Um, but she, our little Evelyn has been such a gift. She has brought such joy in the darkest moments of all of our family's lives. And there's no way <laughs> we can even imagine doing it without her. But it was so challenging for me to just have a lot of that resentment built up of God, I want to be able to raise this child. I want to be able to take care mm-hmm. of her. And how am I going to do that? And so anyway, you know, she was born and and I was able to get on maternity leave for a short period of time. And, and that was the, the one maternity leave or the one period of time after the baby was born, where I really felt like I just sat with the baby and I soaked up 
every single, yeah, every single moment that I could to be able to enjoy being with Mm -hmm. that baby. And I just was so grateful for the time that I had. It was very challenging to go back to work, but I was grateful that I had done all that I could to enjoy that time that I had with her. Um, And so fast forward, there's like so much to the story. And it's just sometimes it's still hard for me to even think that it's real. (laughs) Um, I I believe that 100%. I told you before we started recording, it still like blows my mind. The whole thing. Yeah, it does. really. And so it just if things progressed um, with my husband's disease, you know, I was, I was working full time. We ended up um, having a lot of help, which is another thing that was really hard for me was to ask for help. When you feel like you're constantly receiving help, it's really hard to even Mm -hmm. want to even ask for more. It's really challenging to be on the receiving end. You want to be able to be on the giving end, but there is there are times in our lives where we just can't do it any other way. We can't get by. And I was so grateful for God for sending so many angels in our lives who helped, you know, take care of my kids, helped, you know, uh, with meals, helped make sure that Mike was okay. At a period of time, we had people that came and checked on him daily, sat with him, um, and then, you know, helped so much, so much with our family. And so as things progressed, um, there was kind of stages that happened with my husband's health. There was physical challenge that happened, like, um, him not being able to walk, um, him, you know, not being able to grasp things in his hands, not being able to handle heat or, or cold, Um, you know, not a part of, you know, he had double vision for a period of time, Um, extreme fatigue, extreme pain, like there is lightning pain, stabbing pain, lava pain, like all of this pain that he endured so much. Um, And then after that came a lot of the emotional challenges. I mean, as we talked about before, like, when you're switching roles, And, you know, you grow up in a certain role and and you have a desire to fulfill that role. And he was such a great provider and he loved being a dad. He loved being a husband. He loved being able to provide. And that took a huge toll on him where he, he, he didn't feel his own value um, as things began started to be taken away from him in his mind, not being able to provide, not being able to be a dad in the way that he wanted to, or a husband in a way that he wanted to, there was a lot of shifts that was happening. And so there was a lot of challenges for him emotionally in handling that. There was many, 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 many times where he apologized to me for this happening and he just felt so heavy and it was really hard to watch that. Um, And then after that, a a lot of the psychological effects took took on, um, like I said, confusing reality with fantasy, sometimes um, thinking that he's seeing something, right? When you have that kind of disease, the way that the disease impacts uh, your individual person is so different because it depends on where it attacks the brain. 
And so it can affect people very differently. And for him, his case is so aggressive that it affected it in things that, that I had never heard of, you know, um, thinking that things were happening when they weren't or having dreams that felt so real when you woke up that you were still living them out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of those effects. Um, and so eventually what happened was that there was a disconnect between how he felt like he should live his life and what he thought was best for our family. And so there was a period of time where he started throwing out ideas of maybe it would be better if I wasn't here with you and you would be much better off without me. And it was a really hard time for me um, to be, to think about um, that he could be serious, that he could want to leave. You know, there was a period of time where, you know, we were worried about him and being um, emotionally not able to, you know, be present. But then it just came where, where there was a space where he said that he couldn't feel emotions. And so there was no emotional connection between myself and him, he said, or our children or anything. So devastating. So very devastating, right. To be able to think that that, and for me, you know, I, I count myself very blessed. I grew up with parents who were very much in love and I hadn't known very much about divorce, uh, the effects of that. I just, I hadn't. And I, the idea that he would want to leave or choose to leave our family was not even on the realm of possibilities for me. Yeah. And over about a nine month period of time, he started with the teasing or the joking about it to deciding that that was what he was going to do. And I have to tell you, like I experienced every possible emotion that you could possibly experience. And, um, we, he chose to, he chose to leave the week before our 20th anniversary and the type of despair and devastation that I experienced. I can't, I can't even express and watching my children probably the worst day of my whole life was watching him tell our children that that's what he was going to do. And, um, I could still hear their cries and their pleas and their nose. And it was so just so trying. And as I thought about your, your topic of not feeling enough and my experience with that, this is definitely my experience with this and being married to someone for 20 years and them knowing everything about you, right? You're the good things and the bad things. And then choosing, making it an intentional choice to leave. It's like completely having everything stripped away from you everything that you could possibly feel like you were adequate in any way taken from you. And 
my mom had to move in with us because I couldn't function at all. I was so devastated. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't function. And I'm so grateful for my mom, for, for her kindness. And I loved her attitude and the way that she approached it is that she said, Brianna, my goal of moving in here is so I can help you to learn how to live without me. Mm. And I was so grateful for that because I, I didn't want to have to depend on her, but I knew that I needed her and I knew I needed to learn how to be without her too. And I was so grateful for her for coming in, really just being a, a guardian angel. Yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like. She was too, just helping you like, and that's, and even you ex- being willing to accept her also when, you know, you were talking about all the help you were already receiving, but I think you just get to a point, like you said, where you were stripped of everything and it was your only choice in order yeah. to help your kids and yourself to keep going, especially when the rug was just ripped out from under you. Like it wasn't anything that was happening. It was just he decided to be done. Yeah, it it was, it was so, it was so devastating. And, and it also has you reevaluate everything, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there, there are still so many things that I don't understand about his decision. And he's told, he's told different things to our kids. And, and it's also hard too, because there's so much love and joy that I experienced for so long. It's a very strange emotion and a combination of it where you have such love for someone, but you've also been so hurt by them. It's the weirdest ex- emotion. I can't even explain it. And it was really challenging for me even to try and talk about it with my family because they were very loyal to me, right? And they had so much anger for what was happening. And I was just so distraught and just so confused and, and not able to grasp it that I had all of these mixtures of motion, like very much defending him and wanting nobody to speak ill of him mm-hmm. because of, you know, what I knew of him for so long and for this to be so uncharacteristic and, and just still was so unbelievable for me that it would happen. And so it's just strange, like even going forward in my, in my life now, it's just a weird, still emotion, a combination of how do you honor your past, right? The, mm-hmm. the beautiful things that you experienced in a portion of your life that didn't end up the way that you wanted or thought it would, would do. How do you carry those emotions honor your feelings, right? Your feelings mm-hmm. of being distraught and abandoned and betrayed and all of those things, but also, you know, find a special place for the emotions that you feel from the good that came. It's, so yeah. it's a very interesting place to be I've done better at navigating it, but still like, it's just a strange combination of emotions to have for a person or a circumstance. Like it's almost like you have to compartmentalize 
well, I love him because of this and my five kids and like, they're part of him and, you know, just everything you guys had a good life together. Yeah. But then, you know, just being accepting of like what happened too, and just feeling those emotions is hard. Feeling emotions is really hard for any, in any situation. If we really feel our feelings, it's hard. It is. It takes so much courage to allow yourself to feel. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a very interesting also to just navigate this whole new world of being a single parent. Yeah. Um, and being trying to navigate your own grief with the grief of your children. And, you know, and also like trying to navigate you know, how do I move forward? And of course, I'm, I want to hear from other people who have gone through what I've gone through. But you also have to be true to yourself, even though you're in this brand new chapter, mm-hmm. you have no idea, you've never been in this place before in your life, you still have to honor yourself. Yeah. And you also, you know, absolutely. And I, there's no way I could have done any of this without my belief in, in, in my faith. Like there's no way, yeah. but also, I also had to, to really feel what was right for me, because even though people may have been in similar situations or they think they understand and they have good intentions, mostly some people <laughs> don't, but most of the people have good intentions. They're going to want to help you and how they think they can help you is by giving you advice. Yeah. And I remember someone giving me advice about, and they came from a place of love and I understood, but they said, don't let your, your don't let your kids see you cry. Don't let mm-hmm. your kids see you at your lowest point. You need to be strong for them. They need to feel secure and safe. And that just didn't sit right with me. And, and maybe it wasn't the best thing, but I felt like it was. I felt like it was important for my kids to mm-hmm. know that mom was sad. Mom was confused. Mom was upset. Mom was devastated by this. And here's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to understand my emotions. I'm turning to God. I'm turning to good friends. I'm turning to help. I'm going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm doing these things because of the way I feel. And I, and I wanted them to know that it was okay for them to feel things. Yes, I totally I agree with them. you. Yeah. So it's important to make sure kids know that it's okay, especially like, I know you have some older, some of your older kids are boys. And I think Mm -hmm. especially boys are like, oh, I can't, I can't feel, I can't cry, you know, and not every, not every boy is like that, but sometimes I think they get that impression. And so I think I totally agree with you. Like, it's so important, like to, for them to see that you were hurt, just like they hurt. Like it's it's that connection, right? And there was a connection and we had some very beautiful moments as together as a family where we were able to share our emotions and our feelings about what it was. And I was very careful. I didn't speak ill of their father because they left them and, and they, um, you know, they had that relationship with them. They had a lot of questions for me and some of them I'd answered and some of them I didn't. Um, there were some that I felt like 
that was their dad's opportunity to share. Yeah. Um, there was things that I had opinions about, about why things happened the way they did, but I felt like, you know, that was things that they needed to talk about with their dad. But I, I spoke from a place of um, my experience and wanting them to know that it was okay for them to feel, and even also to feel so many things at once. And yeah. so I, I was very grateful for that opportunity that I had to, to do that with my children. And they, you know, they navigated a lot of things with me and they, they all grieved so differently. And a lot of times it created divisiveness because of their opinions and, and how they thought things went and, and, and how they thought about their dad. And it's been hard to see that part. Um, but there, but it was, um, a beautiful experience to watch our family grow together, mm-hmm. um, as we navigated it as a, as a team. And so, you know, there's, it's just, I just, I think that it's important for us just to give ourselves grace where we are, you know, we, we navigate our lives best we can. And then we're going to come to a place where we have no idea how to navigate something because we've never been there before and how important it is for us to be able to just recognize that and be like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to try something. And if it doesn't work, I can change my mind and I can do something else. I don't have to be dead bolted to a decision. Mm -hmm. I can move forward and I can find out at that time that there is a different way or a better way. And then I can pivot and I can change. Yeah. And, and so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I think we don't have to um, harp on ourselves about a situation either especially when that's out of our control or when we recognize that we do need to change paths. Like we just need to accept that that was where we needed to be at that time. And now it's time to go somewhere different and that's okay. We don't need to be mean to ourselves about it. We don't need to like say unkind words to ourselves or like how annoying, you know, like we can, we can feel those things that we need to feel, but we don't need to be mean to ourselves in the process of that shifting and changing. Cause I think that's when it's super easy. Like, Oh, why didn't I just do this? Or I should have done this. Like it doesn't help anything. (laughs) Yeah. Second guessing ourselves, you know, we already have so much, um, that we already, you know, put upon ourselves. We don't, we don't need to add that extra amount onto it and to be able to just give ourselves grace, I think is so important. And it is so challenging to do especially when you're talking about, you know, raising your children Mm -hmm. and wanting to be able to help them along the way. There's a lot of opportunities for us to be able to second guess ourselves um, in the process. Um, And so it it can be, you know, it can feel so weighty along the way. Um, But how important it is for us to be able to realize that we are doing the best that we can. And then, you know, when, when we have a belief in a higher power or whatever that is, you know, for you, when we have a belief in our higher power, knowing that there is something that is working for our good, you know, whether that is God, like I believe, or, you know, love or humanity or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you believe in as your higher power, knowing that there is something else that's working for your good. I think it's really important, you know, to remember when we find ourselves in these kind of situations. Absolutely. So what was your, what did your journey of healing look like, Brianna? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was very raw. <laughs> my healing of journey, my healing journey, you know, for me, what it looked like, um, was a lot of introspection, a lot of trying to understand myself and also a lot of forgiveness of myself and of my husband. It was so interesting. I ended up uh, in being a single mom and, and things not working out with my employment. And so I found myself unemployed, no child support, single mom, five kids, you know, a lot of stress, a lot of fear. And it was so interesting because I knew that God would take care of me. There was a period of time where God continued. I can't even tell you, like there were so many things, you know, when that like you feel like the universe is just inspiring to tell you one message and that's what I felt this time I felt like I was so fearful uh, the message that I kept getting was that in order for me to move forward I needed to be able to forgive I needed to be able to forgive myself I needed to be able to forgive um you know, my husband and other people that were involved. And it was really challenging for me. There was a lot of things that I didn't realize that I had kept inside that were buried deep mm. um, that I needed to be able to address. And that, like we talked about before, it takes so much courage to address those emotions. Sometimes it's easier to just put them aside Sometimes it's easier to put them aside and mask them with anger. Sometimes we put them aside and we mask them with positivity. You know, if it's not the true thing that you're trying to address, we're, we're just adding on levels of, of things, layers of things that we need to continue to remove in order to actually get to where we need to go. And we also find ways to numb ourselves and to distract ourselves. I absolutely found myself doing that. So interesting how something that can seem healthy or something that seems like some passion of yours can actually turn into a tool to numb you and distract you. Yeah. I love music. Music is a huge part of my life. And I had to be very careful that I didn't use use music in a, in a way to distract and to numb me mm. instead of addressing my emotions. And so my healing journey involved allowing myself to really excavate those buried wounds and emotions. And it was scary, right? Because you feel like you're going to completely break. And what if you completely break and you don't know how to put the pieces back together? There yeah. was so much of fear, but I was so grateful for my faith, my family, for amazing friends that were there to support me and also just despite the the devastation that I felt I still had a belief and a 
in the beauty of life. I had experienced love. I had experienced hope. I'd experienced faith in my life. And I knew it existed, even though I wasn't feeling it at, at so much at different times. And I was there and I had a belief in that. And I wanted to get back to feeling those things. Mm-hmm. And so as I allowed myself to be able to feel those emotions, as I allowed myself to forgive myself for things you know, when you have, they leave you, you definitely start thinking about all of those things to push somebody away. And we sometimes forget people have their free agency to do what they want. And a lot of times we take it all upon ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's challenging to not allow yourself to do that and to not just feel completely not enough and inadequate and allow us to forgive ourselves realizing that we're doing the best we can in a really challenging situation um that is a huge part of being able to move forward to be able to let the light come back into your life is forgiving yourself for things and Mm -hmm. forgiving someone else is so challenging and it's continual process absolutely continual process to be able to do that but it is such an empowering exercise and a freeing opportunity when we can do it Um, but it is really really hard (laughs) (laughs) it's a really hard thing Yeah, But something that I'm so grateful that I've been participating in along the way in the healing journey. And I think being able to do that and also to surround myself with people who um, were supportive and loving and people that also showed me that it was okay to be where I was, that Mm -hmm. there wasn't there wasn't anything wrong with me because I was divorced. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it's a, it's a different place to be in, but I was so grateful to find those kind of people in my life. Do you want to share how your story went, kept going? <laughs> yes. Cause it gets pretty good. So um, <laughs> it is pretty amazing. It's so interesting to be back in after being married for 20 years and then finding yourself single again. I have to say it feels like high school all over again. It's the weirdest feeling to yeah. be in your 30s and 40s and like oh my word, <laughs> I have to like date. Like what ha- what is that? Yeah. Now and it's a very foreign feeling. I remember the first time when uh um, a group of singles. It was a rodeo. I didn't even know how to act. I just thought I didn't know anybody. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to show up and try and meet people. And I remember uh, seeing people like flirt with each other or like hug each other or whatever. It was just like, this is so weird. I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> and I remember this girl being over thinking oh my word it's got to be so obvious that I just feel completely awkward (laughs) and it just is such a strange experience um but it was a lot of fun in that you get to start exploring things that times we 
some, you know, we don't get to do some of our interests that maybe we did before in life. Like I picked up volleyball again, which is something that I had done in college that I hadn't done in a long time. So I started doing volleyball. I started um, a new hobby of canyoneering, which I fell in love with. It's one of my most favorite things to do, but I just started being able to explore doing things and meeting people along the way. Mm-hmm. And, and then you also talk about feeling inadequate. You get on a dating app. <laughs> so that's brave, strange and awkward. And, be like, and I have to try and get to know you on an app. Um, but as fate would have it, I met this boy. This is not funny. He's not a boy, but it feels like it's something <laughs> in here. That fate. Um, but I, I met a, a guy and in 2018 and the September of that year, and we started chatting about Tony Robbins and talking about personal development and concerts. That was things that we loved. <laughs> and as it is on dating apps, like people kind of come and go and disappear. And it was just kind of like our conversation ended up fading. We didn't end up getting to know each other. Um, and in the and the months ahead, I ended up dating other people and really learning a lot about myself and my identity as an individual outside of being a mom, outside of being a wife, mm-hmm. you know, just my identity as a woman and my identity as a daughter of God. I learned so much in that time frame. Um, and later on in June of the following year, in 2019, that boy that had talked to me on that silly dating app saw me on Facebook and reached out to me. And I said, well, I don't really give second chances, (laughs) but we joked around about it. And and I remember how connected I had felt uh, with him. And so we went out and it's so interesting. Um, You know, as you can imagine in the dating world, meeting people on apps, it's kind of scary to meet people in person. You have no idea what they're going to be like. So a lot Mm -hmm. of times you're meeting up like to have like a smoothie or, you know, like, you know, for yogurt or something. Uh, But he wanted to come pick me up at my house, which I felt comfortable in doing, but it was a weird thing. And so he came to my house and he picked me up and we had just so much fun. Um, and I was so grateful to just feel comfortable and laugh and have a good time. And so anyway, we ended up dating from June, um, and on into the next year, we ended up breaking up a couple of times. It's an interesting road, um, but just one of growth. And so anyway, we got engaged of March of 20 and Scott Marys and it's been a whirlwind um but the most beautiful part of my healing journey and I think the most surprising thing for me in being married again is how much healing I still have to do I used to think that you had to be healed before you could get into another relationship that you had to figure things out but I'm so grateful to have a safe environment in which I can continue to heal Mm -hmm. because as you're in a new relationship, like I am realizing so many things about the way that I communicate that was not healthy Mm -hmm. that I'm sure contributed in some part to my former husband's decision to leave. I'm sure that there were things that I did and now 
I'm learning about in a very communicative, loving environment. Um, also very challenging, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're both married with kids. We now have seven kids total. We got married at the height of COVID. COVID. <laughs> we ended up putting up my house for sale and moving. And so much has happened this last year, but there has been so much healing in my children for them to feel loved and to feel like there's somebody here that cares about them on a daily basis to be able to be involved in their daily lives. Yeah. Um, it has been a, such a beautiful experience and I just feel so blessed, so blessed to be able to, to be in this with the new insights that I have going yeah. into this, um, new marriage know what I know has been such an incredible asset to me. I told my siblings, I said, I wish you could know what I know without having to have gone through (laughs) what I've gone through, because if I could help you to appreciate your marriage more, I would love to be able to do that for you because there were intangibles of marriage were the things that I had missed the most from being divorced, right? Having somebody by your side uh, to be able to raise your children, having mm-hmm. common goals, um, having you know somebody there who supports you, who loves you, who's there for you. Just like these those intangibles that you experience, there's no way to experience the void of that um, yeah. and be in a marriage. It's just a, <laughs> it's so it's been very interesting for me now moving into this this aspect of my life and mm-hmm. and knowing what I know I'm so grateful for it um and it's a weird thing to be grateful for in some ways <laughs> well right it, we have to learn to be grateful for the trials that we have because hopefully we can find the lessons within the trial because that's yes. where growth happens and change and we become better we become better people from our trials we can hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, we can find purpose in that pain. And it's, it's challenging sometimes to do. But like you said, when we are able to do that, it just brings a new perspective in our lives that allow us to be able to be more open towards what's coming in our future. Through your whole experience, Brianna, what are three major things that you feel like you've taken away that you'll continue to remember or use in your life is this whole experience now that it's, I mean, it's not totally unfolded, (laughs) but you know, you're right. You found someone and you're, you're still working through things as you said, but what are some things that you have learned along the way that are just life lessons that you will continue to have? I think one of the things that I have really applied that has served me well during this experience is this idea of curiosity, is being curious about things. Um, I feel like I lived my life very, uh, very formulaically, if that's even a word. <laughs> Everything was now. very formula. A, there you go. A plus B equals C equals whatever your end result, you know, eternal Mm. life, uh, you know, forever happiness, whatever it is that you feel like there's a formula for achieving. And it felt very much like there was one way to get there. Um, 
And so I was very much attached to every decision, wanting to make sure I was so careful about every decision, wanting to make sure it was the right one that sometimes I was paralyzed before I could make a decision. Mm -hmm. And so learning this idea of being curious and moving forward, knowing that I can give myself permission to change my mind and not be deadbolted to a certain decision or outcome has been so freeing for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, it's really, this whole experience has broken me open in a way that I don't know what else could and has made me so more open to possibilities in my life that I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the way that my eyes have been opened because of this. And so that kind of the principle of curiosity has been a huge blessing um, in my life. Um, So I'm so grateful. So that would definitely be one of them. Um, Understanding um, that emotions are indicators and that a lot of times the emotions that we experience are actually secondary emotions, that there's actually an underlying emotion that is really what we're, we're really experiencing and that the other things that we maybe uh, come out or project or accident are actually um, a result of another emotion. Mm-hmm. And so really giving yourselves time to understand yourself and what you're feeling and trying to put it into words. And whether that is words on paper, words and voice memos, sometimes I'll just talk into my phone Mm -hmm. um, when I want to to take note of something. And so I'll just talk into my phone. Um, Sometimes I've also done drawings um, when I'm trying to understand things. Um, But I think giving myself permission to, to dive deep and to ask deeper questions by um, going away to like uh, somewhere in nature and just writing or reading or whatever it is that helps you to align with um, with yourself, your you know one of my core values is alignment. That's one of my core values. Alignment for me means in um, in means congruent with myself and connecting with God. And whatever that looks like for me is how I can understand more of myself and understanding underlying emotions. And it also has been really beneficial um, as in relationships with my kids and with my um, new husband, understanding people's um, underlying emotions and as indicators of something has been eye-opening for me. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, so that would be something else. Oh, there's so many other things that I've learned. I think also another thing that I've learned is how, um, important it is to be able to be in a relationship with communication and not just communicating, right. But having a a level of communication that comes from, an intention to understand one another, Mm -hmm. um, and to, uh, 
to progress and to grow together. And I feel like that is really progress as an individual and to really heal because I feel like I'm in a safe environment, even though it can be intense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was, uh, you know, I was married to someone before who in one hand, I was very honored by the way he treated me and that he wasn't ever critical of me. He didn't talk bad about me, but there were a lot of things that came out later in our marriage that I realized that were unspoken that he was resentful about. And I wish that we had had a a way to communicate that in a way that he felt safe and a way that we could feel like we could resolve things. Um, And so that takes a lot on both parties to be able to be in a place where you feel safe in expressing. Yeah. um, And also understanding how you communicate and how the other person communicates. I've actually done a lot of study. Um, I have a mentor of mine. His name is Alex Palos, and he has a book called Recognize people. Um, but I've learned a lot about how people communicate um, and how it's part of their genetics and how once we can understand how people communicate, we realize that this is just who they are. This isn't a way to, you know, attack other people, or this isn't a way to, um, you know, try and just get their point across. This is the way how how they communicate and this is natural for them. And so in understanding different types of Mm -hmm. um, ways that people communicate, it's really helped me to just embrace people for who they are and realize that. And also to be able to speak to my children better, understanding the way that they communicate. So that's been a huge life lesson for me that I'm continuing to um, pursue um, the understanding of it. And it really opens a whole other world. Yeah. That's Um, fascinating. Yeah, it really is. But those would be three big ones that I have learned. Thank you. Those are perfect. I thank you for being willing to come on and share your story. I know it's really tender and there's just, you know, a lot that, a lot that happened and a lot that's gone on and a lot of healing that has taken place and is still taking place. And Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful. It's been beautiful to watch this journey that you've been on. It's been so wonderful to see you genuinely happy though. Like the last little bit it's made my heart. It like makes my heart so happy. Every time I see you guys, I'm like, Oh, I like them. I would love for you to share with my listeners where they can find you. Oh yeah. So come be a part of our community. So it's called the life beats project. Life beats are like heartbeat, but life beats. So the life beats project life beats is one word. You can go to Instagram at life beats project or Facebook at the life beats project, or you can go straight to my website, the life or wherever you listen to podcasts, just look up life beats project. So life beats is one word. 
And I would love to come over and tell me that you came over here from Kara. And, um, and I would love to hear, you know, what you're interested in listening in and I can help direct you to an episode because there's been so many different phases of the podcast. Um, and so I would be happy to help you over. So we're, you know, we're part of our community. We call ourselves the change makers and good seekers. So, and that's definitely Kara's podcast too. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's fun to be able to connect and have that um, similarity within our podcast and within uh, what we're trying to do and help others with. So go check out Brianna. She's got some wonderful things going on. So thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Today I Am Enough podcast. If you want to hang out with me off the podcast, head over to Instagram and follow me at Today I Am Enough. Also, please make sure you leave a review. Reviews help the podcast reach other people that may not have heard about it before. It's also a huge help if you are willing to share this podcast with someone you think could benefit from it. Thanks again for joining me, friends, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, today you are enough.